God is definitely not someone that is being preached about in most churches. We tend to think that there is only A and B with God because there's only A and B with us. God's a lover and he's a forgiver, but I think a big misconception is that that's all that God is. God is as just as he is loving. Our minds can't even comprehend how great he is, how big he is, how fast he is. And the Bible tells us that he loves us, he is love, but the Bible also tells us to fear God. He's not our BFF. God is someone that loves us so much that uh, he will remove things out of our life that we hold on to. You do not define God. I do not define God. God is self-defining. God is not a matter of opinion. All right, so this is the Let God Die podcast. This is Josh. And Calvin. And we're joined today by Brittany. Brittany uh, lives in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, where my fiance lives. So Brittany is really involved with community stuff in Williamsport and in the church that we've been going to. And I don't really know her story, but I thought it'd be cool to have her on and just have her share. So uh, Brittany, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? That's such a broad question. Yeah. I, um, well, I work for City Alliance Church. I'm their ministry coordinator. Um, and not once in my life would I ever thought I would go into full-time ministry. So it's just kind of neat how God has weaved my story together a little bit. Um, but I, um, yeah, I just have a huge heart for people and I have a huge heart for, to see people thrive. You know, I think we often go through life and stay stuck in our stuff. I want to tell people like that, you know, how God sees them and and who they are to him and um, how valuable they are, because it's not until you believe in yourself and you know that other people believe in you that you can thrive in in life. And so I have an opportunity to do that with this job and I'm so thankful for it. So my my role basically is to connect our church to our city and kind of be the liaison to um, how we're serving people in our city, how we're connecting with um services and ministries and organizations that are already doing good things. So not reinventing the wheel, but how do we come alongside of people and provide the resources and the help and just help those organizations thrive um, and find the needs in our city. And, you know, my heart's for restoration because I've just seen how God has restored areas in my life time and time again. He still is. And um, I think that's just who he is. You know, he's a restorer. He can't help it. It's like one of his huge, biggest um, characteristics and he just is constantly restoring and reconciling people back to himself and back to each other restoring relationships restoring everything twofold my heart is just to be an agent of that you know how can I put myself in situations where God will just use me to help bring restoration to someone else's life um, whether that's financially relationally whatever that looks like for them um, just to help them thrive and take responsibility for who they are well, my struggles in life has led me to this, you know, of just having to go through some hard things and um, see firsthand what it means to actually be restored and to have God come in as healer and just bind up my wounds and, you know, release me. So um, how would you describe like the demographic in Williamsport and like what kind of needs are there in the city that uh, organizations are involved with? There's a lot of racial tension in the city. Um, so... It's it's sad, you know, that that's still going on. Yeah. To be honest, it makes me angry inside, frustrated that that's still an issue. Um, but there is a lot, so there's this huge separation. I feel sometimes, you know, and even how people think about the different communities in our city. Um, and so, you know, there's a need for a lot of reconciliation that way. Um, most cities, you're going to find people who 
are just struggling financially. Um, we're involved in drugs and human trafficking. You know, wherever there's drugs, there's human trafficking. And so um, there's a lot of that in our city. There's a heroin epidemic. You know, there's a lot of heroin can be bought really cheaply um, and used a lot, you know, and so people are finding themselves in that situation. I don't know. There just seems to be tension. Like there seems to be almost two different groups in the city and depending on who you talk to depends on what kind of perspective you get on the city you know some people will tell you it's really unsafe and some people will tell you how much they love the city and so it's interesting you know I moved here I didn't I wasn't born in Williamsport and so I have found the city to be lovely and I have fallen in love with it over the last four years um, and I have experienced the multitude of different perspectives that people have about their own city and their own community and it all depends on where they've come from how they were raised what their background is what their own personal president prejudices i can't say it word prejudices <laughs> you know what i'm trying to say <laughs> you know we view life the way we view ourselves in our own situations and so that's what the lens so so where are you originally from well, i was born in new jersey and then i grew up in maryland majority of my life so it's a little town called Eldersburg. It was about a half hour outside of Baltimore. Nice. So, like rural, rural area, but yeah. So, what what actually brought you to Williamsport in the first place? I went to college in Harrisburg at Messiah College, um, and I was an RA there. And during my senior year, I was studying um, public relations. So for a long time, I thought maybe I'd go into like a marketing type position. I just was not feeling a lot of peace about that, and. Um, it was just my senior year of college was a pretty hard year for me. My dad passed away, and so I was just kind of questioning, like, what do I really want to do in life? And I'm not just kind of lost. And I didn't know that you could make become like being an RA. Which, if you're if you're not familiar with that, if, if you're in college, um, floors have undergrad resident assistants, and so they're kind of like I call them like camp counselors for the floor. You know, they help mm -hmm. keep the floor bonded, united, and they do. You know, they make the sure the floor is running orderly and then they report to a person called a resident director who's their RD. Um, so I didn't know that you could like do that as a job. So I said, oh my gosh, I would love to do this. It's working with people. It's building community. It's everything that I'm about and I love. So my RD at the time was like, yeah, why don't you start applying to jobs that way? Um, so I just started applying to residence life positions, which is the department that they fall under. Just felt more of a piece about that. And I fell into this position at Alvernia University, which is in Reading, Pennsylvania, um, where it was a grad assistantship. So I ended up getting my master's degree for free, which I wasn't not a huge school person. So I was like not expecting to get my master's at all. And so God's just really funny. But the minute I, that just kind of like, they seemed to, they interviewed me and everything really went well. And the minute I stepped onto that campus, I just felt this huge peace. And at the time I was even struggling with my faith. So I think it's cool how, you know, once you're God's child, you're always God's child, and He still directs you even when you are in a season or seasons of doubt and intense struggle in your faith. Um, and I felt that, you know, I still felt God leading me, even though I really didn't want to have anything to do with Him. And um, so I took that job and ended up getting a master's in community leadership and development, essentially. And so um, when I finished that position, I really still wanted to stay in residence life. And so I went to this like, placement conference was kind of like speed dating. So you basically interview with a bunch of schools for 10 minutes at a time or half hour at a time. And so I interviewed with um, this man named Andrew Kilpatrick, who was the res, uh, res life director at Lycoming College for a long time. So he's the one that hired me. He pursued me and he um, to 
come interview on campus and that was in Williamsport. I had never heard of Williamsport ever. I was like, where the heck is this little city? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so it was just really random how I ended up here. I actually did really bad at my interview. So I didn't think I had the job. I was throwing up all day because I was sick and they still hired me. So I just knew God's hand was in that. Um, and so I worked at Lycoming College for three years, which is one of the colleges in town. And then got involved with City Alliance and then took this job just a couple of years ago. So, you know, that's how I ended up here. So I had nothing, no plans of staying. Honestly, I thought I'd stay here maybe two, three years at the most for that job and then move on because in residence life you end up, you always have to move on and to you know keep going up. And, you know, I just was like, I don't think it, res life is for me forever and God opened doors for ministry. And so here's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, but this is home. I knew it. The minute I came to interview at Lycoming, I had this funny feeling. I was like, I don't know if this might be home. And this huge wave of peace rushed over me. And again, at the time, I really had no, didn't want anything to do with God. I had stopped going to church. And so it's just interesting how I look back. And God has continued to direct my steps. He's used my master's degree, you know, because now I'm using, like, that's what I studied. And now I'm doing that. And so I had no intentions of actually using it because I didn't want to get one. So yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny to me. But so that's. Here you have it. It's all grace. <laughs> grace got me here. That's really mm -hmm. cool. Just, I mean, like I've lived in the same city my whole life, so mm -hmm. it's going to be a little bit different moving. It always blows me away. Like when people without a real frame of reference, just kind of, you know, take a, take a jump, you know, to go to a mm -hmm. place that they're unfamiliar with. And yeah. God just like really has cool stuff in store. Um, yeah. It's wild. There's a girl from Williamsport that moved to Detroit not long ago and mm. she's involved with like ministry stuff. Um, like yeah. in the city, she was telling me, like, it's so bizarre to me. She was saying that she didn't know anything about Detroit. Like, yeah. which to, to me, every like out of towner that I've ever met, they're just like, it's just like eight mile, right? Like, <laughs> like you have Eminem over at your uh, family barbecues and he pops people, up every so often. People, sh <laughs> people just shoot at each other, right? Like, uh, like, oh I mean, like, she had like no frame of reference at all, though. And she said, I just felt like God was calling me to Detroit. And, Knowing now what I know about Detroit, if I if I knew that beforehand, I wouldn't have come. You know, <laughs> um, but I just thought that was cool that she just kind of, you know, yeah. didn't really have much of a game plan, but just felt called. But. Yeah, I think God works a lot like that. You know, he, he promises he'll show up for us, but we need to take that step of faith out in boldness and say, okay, I trust you to be who you say you are for me. So you put yourself in that position and then he just blows your mind. Mm -hmm. But And that's hard. I think a lot of Christians and I know I, I even sometimes I I don't act because I, out of fear and it's like if I really truly trusted who God was for me I would constantly step out in faith yeah. and just do it you know so it's a learning process but mm -hmm. I don't know I think it's cool so yeah. Bernie uh, can you walk us through like your journey of coming to Christ and like how that's led you yeah. to now sure yeah I mean I grew up in a kind of Christian home so. Like, I knew about God my whole life, and we would go to church. My mom was a really strong Christian. My dad struggled a lot, didn't want anything to do with faith. And so, um, like, I accepted God or, like, accepted Jesus into my heart at, like, four years old. But I won't – I don't actually believe I fully came to start coming to know Christ until, like, high school time. And then even then, my view of him was so skewed that – I based, um, I couldn't even really fully experience him the way he wanted me to, and so I fell away. But basically, you know, 
I love my I love my dad. He's passed away, but he was a very difficult man, and he um, was emotionally abusive to my family and especially my mom. And you know, just the way that he would treat us sometimes if we made a mistake, it almost felt like, at least to me, my experience of it was, um, I'm less loved if I'm doing bad things, or I'm less loved if I mess up, and or you know, always feeling like I had to be the one to even apologize to my dad. It was always my fault, you know, um, and he just was not, didn't exemplify like humility or any way of just really being present, you know, fully present, you know, mm-hmm. he would show up sometimes, but it wasn't like a, he was engaged or wanting to open up or anything like that. So there was this distance. And so that's how I view, viewed God, you know, and that translated over into my relationship with God. And that was a huge stumbling block for me for a long time. And um, I went through Middle school and high school, I started getting involved in um, this youth group and this pretty charismatic church, which was a whole experience on its own, which I'm all about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But that, you know, that church kind of messed me up in some ways because it was almost, it became too much about. Like overemphasizing? Yeah. Yeah. And too much about like, if you're not receiving these, then you're not as close to God. Yeah. Um, So that messed me up. and. I started questioning a lot of stuff, but it was still during that time where I do feel like, you know, God was close to me and I was growing in my faith and learning a lot. Um, but I still viewed him as distant and angry if I messed up. So this God who, you know, loved me less if I wasn't performing right. And that carried over and carried over. And um, I went to Messiah College, which was awesome. It was a Christian college, but it also challenged my faith in a way that I, I don't know if I could handle it at the time. And so I... Um, because I didn't have a strong enough foundation and my view of God was off that I just started to crumble inside. And I was like, I don't even know what I believe anymore. This is too overwhelming. I don't even want to, I just don't even want to deal with it. So I started running away and I started running to other things to fill me. Um, and I just stopped going to church and just started seeking things that I thought would bring me satisfaction and identity that ended up not and ended up obviously making me very hurt and broken in life. Um, you know, I went through a lot of bad relationships. I, um, saw identity and what other people thought about me and just trying to, um, I don't know, I just put too much stock in other people's opinions and too much stock in, you know, romantic relationships and them giving my value, me my value, my worth. Um, and so I did a lot of things that I never thought I would do in life and gave a lot of myself up. And, um, there was this one time when I was working at like, it wasn't until I was working at Lycoming, probably my second year there, very early on, um, I just remember sitting in my apartment one night just feeling really broken and being like, what the heck have I done with my life? You know, like I'm not the person that I always said that I would be. And um, I just, God just met me there in a tangible way. And it has been a few year journey of relearning about God's character. And so I feel like I've had to, all these walls have had to come down and it's been painful at times and it's been really hard to have him just like basically like strip back the veil, you know, the veils that I have put up and the the lies that I have believed about myself and about him. And he has just been stripping them and stripping them and saying like, this is my character. This is who I am. This is how I love you. This is how I see you. You know, I love you at all times. Not, it's not dependent on your performance and all this stuff. And that's, I mean, that's the summary of it all. Um, But it, it did, it took like a, it took a lot of emotional pain for me to get to the point of, almost being crushed with everything that I thought that I believed and having to let that go. And God released me of that to say like, no, this is actually who I am. And, you know, I 
looking back, you know, I realized I was relating to God like I, like I, my dad related to us, like I was relating to him and how many people we form our opinions on of God based on the, the most important relationships in our life when they have failed us. And then we think that that's a projection of how God is a father and that's just not who he is. And so, um, yeah, does he challenge me? Does he discipline me? Yes, but lovingly in a way because he just wants me to thrive. Um, but he loves me no matter what. There's nothing I can do that would disappoint him or make him turn from me or make him angry at me, nothing. And that's not something I ever fully believed. And so coming into that has changed my whole view on everything. It's changed my view on myself and it's changed how I interact with everybody else, the community. And it's released me of so much bondage because I've I don't need to find my identity in anything else but God. And so it doesn't matter what people say about me. It, nothing else gives me my value or worth. And so um, it did. it's completely restoring and completely life-changing. And that's who God wants to be for everybody and who God wants to be for us. And so that's kind of a summary of well, here I am now. <laughs> I'm still learning that, but in a much better place than I used to be. So so yeah. that that night, like in your apartment, like what what was it that – God spoke or or did that really set in for you? I just I don't know. It I felt the presence of God in a in a long like in a way that I hadn't felt him in a long time. Um just tangibly, you know, I just I could just feel it in my in my room. Just I just felt him near me and just wanting to love me. And it was about a week after that that I um walked into City Alliance Church. They had just launched. They were a church plant, so they were meeting as a small group for a while. And they had just launched, and we were meeting at um, an elementary school. And it was a 4 p.m. service, and for the long time I was using an excuse of, well, I'm on call because I handle student emergencies, so I, should, I don't need to go to church because I'm up late Saturday nights. But I was like, okay, God, I have no excuse. I need to go. And I just felt I needed to go to that church. And so I walked in, and, you know, Spencer, our pastor, spoke on the prodigal son, and that's like exactly. I just knew that that was for me. Like that's exactly where I was. I had been running and running and running, and God. So God even spoke even more. Like I just want to love you. I'm going to embrace you no matter what you have done. It doesn't matter. And He's running to me. He's the one that has always pursued me. It's not me. My it's He's pursuing me, and I just respond to that. It's not I'm chasing after God. You know, He's always been chasing after me, and. um I remember just like breaking down in worship at the first service, not knowing a single soul there, feeling really, I was by myself. I was like at church that, and I hadn't been at church in a couple of years. And um, one of our elders, well, he's an elder now. He wasn't an elder at the time, but he came and um, he just spoke a prophecy and a word over me. And it was so specific and he had no idea what I was going through. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is, God's just literally putting things in my life to tell me and show me that he, he loves me, that there's nothing I, that I have done um, that's going to take that away. And he just, he needed me to know. And so he put all those things in place. You know, he set people in place, a church in place. And just, you know, I think God wants to give us himself, you know. And when we need him, he'll show up for us. And it, but it takes that need for him. And I was just so desperate of, I just need to know who I am and that I'm loved no matter what. And God God made me feel that, and so I just knew. I just knew it was that was the turning point in my life, and it was time. You know, it was time mm -hmm. to come back to my faith and come back to my first love and come back to God, who has always seen me and known me, and not once left me, even if I felt like He was distant from me. 
Yeah, I love I love those experiences that just like yeah, can't really put words to because it goes mm-hmm. beyond that, you know. Like uh, there's a, a line in a poem that I wrote a while ago uh, where it just said like you speak the language of my heart. Why can't I think of the line? So you but, speak the words to my heart, known to no man, in yeah. ways that I can't. I could never understand. <laughs> I love his poetry. Yeah, so Calvin knows it better than I do. Um, <laughs> That's a beautiful line. But but yeah, so like there have been so many times that it's just like I know that in the deepest, darkest like depths of me that God has done a work, you know, that like mm-hmm. I can't even can't even put words to. And all mm-hmm. and so often, yeah, him meeting us where we're at, you know. I mean, yep. like obviously God does do a lot of work through the church, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I can think of so many like nights that I was like sleeping on my futon that like mm-hmm. it's it's kind of not it could sound hokey or whatever but like literally felt like yeah like jesus was like wrapping me up in his arms and just like felt mm-hmm. complete contentness mm-hmm. like um I mean, so per- like he makes it so personal you know and mm-hmm. i think there's times where it's like i know that that was for me like i just the more you get to know god and develop that int- intimate relationship and see him as father um the more you know like he's those are little those are his gifts to us of just reminding us that we're loved like I love you and give this to you you know mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool how like it all trends like the trend that I've noticed with like, a lot of people that we've interviewed on the podcast is like when they've had experiences with the father it's always been like in places like like outside the church where sometimes it could be inside the church but it's very personal very intimate we're just like one on one like it wasn't like a person walking me through a prayer, but just like me and Jesus, just like having time mm-hmm. together, and like, yeah, I feel like it was like the same way, like for me too. Where like you, it was yeah. just really a moment where like it was no one else but you and a father, like face to face, and him just revealing to you how much he cares. Yeah, when I think people need to encounter God, like you can read about him all you want, but until you experience him, yeah, you're not gonna know him. And I mean, it's just like. You know, your best friend, you could read about, you could read about them all you want, but until you actually spend time with them and know them and feel their presence around you, you're not going to feel the closeness to them. And God wants to, God wants us to experience him. He wants us to encounter him in a real tangible way. And I think those are the experiences that are transforming. And until people have those experiences, they're not, their life isn't going to be changed or altered. They're not going to have the desire because they're, it's just head knowledge, you know. Um, and so how to, you know, that's something that I've been challenged with a lot lately is, okay, am I, the way that I live, the way that I carry myself, am I bringing Christ into every situation so that people will feel him in the room, like to know, you know what, she has she has God in her, you know. Like am I changing the atmosphere of every room I walk into? Because we should be. If we have God in us, we should be changing the atmosphere yeah. naturally of every room that we walk into. And I think that's how people are going to know, like, this is real. And they have something that I want that I'm missing in my life. When we actually start living out our identity, you know, and not staying stuck in our stuff. And so, I don't know. (laughs) So uh, before, like, that uh, experience with Jesus and really starting to follow him, um, obviously you had a passion for helping people. I mean, like, being involved with stuff. Where, where where did that come from for you? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I always had it. I um, I don't know. I think part of it's just how God designed me. Mm. It's always been very. I'm very um, 
I'm a very sensitive person, as in like I just I feel a lot of emotions, and so that's something that I've also had to work through. Of okay, God, you you've made me extremely sensitive to my emotions and to other people's. Like I can pick up what other people are feeling all the time, and that's something I've had to not like get in the way because sometimes it can get in the way, but it's also developed this empathy and compassion that I'm able to extend because I can actually feel what someone's going through. Um, so I think that's just always been this part of it is just how God designed me. Um, and I've always just been a natural like peacemaker. I don't know if that's just the middle, like I'm a middle child kind of, I'm mm-hmm. a middle sister, but I have four siblings. Um, so I don't know if it's just, I just want everyone to be happy. I've always just wanted everyone to be happy. So just naturally helping. But I mean, I used to, like when I was in high school and really started um, feeling like I was getting closer to God, even if my view of him was off, I had a huge heart for missions. I wanted to, I didn't want to go to college and I wanted to go um, abroad and just do missions full time. My dad at the time, you know, and I still really wanted to please him. I was still stuck in that. I want to please my dad. I want to make him happy. Um, so I, I listened to him and sometimes I'm like, I wonder if what would my life would be like if I didn't listen. But he said he wouldn't support me financially if I did that, but would support me financially if I went to college. And he valued college because he didn't wasn't able to get an education. So I chose college. I'm glad I did. I developed a lot in those years that I maybe would not have. It was God always works, you know, always works it for good. So mm-hmm. I don't know what my life would have been like if I didn't. But I always just had a heart for missions and um, just serving people and just life beyond myself, I think. So I'm not really sure where that started or how, but it's just kind of always been there. It's gotten stronger as I've um, gotten closer to God. There are times where it hasn't been very strong, and that's when I've been struggling a lot, and I don't have it in me to give, so I don't have the desire to help other people because I'm not in that place. But I've known when, you know, when I'm in a, when I'm spending time with God and I'm really basking in His presence, that desire is so strong. And so... And I'm not thinking about myself. I just think that's just the natural outflow. Yeah. yeah. It just happens, you know. The more you grow in your relationship with God, the less you think about yourself because it just mm-hmm. doesn't matter anymore. You stop caring so much. And so I just think that that happens with most people anyway. But So I don't, I'm not sure where it started. That's <laughs> <laughs> just been there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how one of my buddies worded it, but I remember when I was, I think, in high school or early on in college, um, he was just a dude that I respected a whole lot, was kind of like an older brother in Christ um, and just has a lot of integrity. Um, but I asked him, I was just like, I just, I feel so inconsistent, like in the day to day, you know, um, just feel like so flip floppy with my emotions and just like, even just my consistency and my walk with God. Um, but yeah, as, as a younger guy, I was just like, I just don't get how you do it, you know? And, yeah. and he, he was just, you know, kind of like, you know, it's just being disciplined and spending time with Jesus. You know, it's not something that I strive to be. It's just the natural outcome, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel yeah. that way about so many things in life. Just like mm-hmm. I don't know, even things that I've struggled with, like sin issues where when I when I try to, like, remove myself from certain situations, good stinking luck. But like yeah. when I when I just like spend time with Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. sounds stupid, simple, but. But it is it's so simple. We we like to overcomplicate everything. We think we have to muster up all this faith. We have to muster up everything. We have to muster up all the good works. And it's like, no, you just have to know that God loves you and rest in that. Like yeah. you know, something that God's been speaking to me a lot this last year is what it, what it looks like to actually rest in the presence of God and just rest in being loved. And 
it's not like not doing anything. It's not taking action. That's not what that means. It just means it's okay. You're secure in who God says that you are and we're secure in who he is. That he's always going to come through for us. So you're resting. And then things just come out, you know. It's not me trying to do it. Because every time I try to muster it up on my own, I mess it up yeah. so much, you know. <laughs> and and I've learned that the hard way a lot of times of like, man, I every time I think that I have this, man, I fall and I fail and everything bad that you think possible happens, you know, and I, and I hurt people and all this other stuff. And God's like, just rest in me, just rest in who I am, what I want to give you, my presence and who I say that you are. And it will just come, you know, he'll bring the opportunities. He provides the people, he gives you the words to say. And it, it does, it sounds so simple and childish, but I think that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this childlike innocence of faith of, Complete dependency. That's what he wants from us is just complete dependency of like, I mean, even Jesus said, I can do nothing apart from my father. I don't do anything apart from my father. Jesus, who saved the world, you know, mm. he, he's, he had the father's heart. He did everything in connection with his father. And so, you know, if you want to know who God is and his character, just look at Jesus. Just look at how he lived. That's who God is. And so... I think that's the same for us, like the complete dependency, then everything comes. And to me, it releases a lot of the pressure. Like, I don't have to strive. I don't have to worry or get weary because life can be so tiring, but I don't have to do it. God said we don't have to. Like, yeah. his yoke is easy. So, I don't know. There's so much freedom and joy that comes from knowing that we don't have to, like, God wants to do it for us and with us. We're We're co-workers with him. We're not labor or not servants for him we're co-workers with him he's doing it with us you know so yeah there was um at one point in time god really spoke to me just that you know he doesn't want to give me strength but wants to like be my strength and that yeah. that kind of changed everything for me yeah it's like up until that point and still you know struggling from time to time with with uh really living that out um yeah. feeling like i just need to try more and you know try 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 yeah. And there's so so much burden in that, yeah. but like total there's... rest and knowing that he is the strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and, you know, I still get caught up in the whole performance mentality sometimes too just because it's so, once it's ingrained in you, it's yeah. hard to get away from that. And now, I, But now I see it and I'm able to recognize those red flags of like, oh, I'm feeling this tension, like I'm not resting, you know, I'm trying too hard, I'm striving, and it doesn't feel free, you know, it's not comfortable anymore. And I think... Even if it's like not a good thing, it sometimes can become so comfortable that we don't even realize that we're doing it. And, you know, for so long I strived and strived and strived. I didn't even realize how it was wearing me out because it was just this place, what I, it's just what I knew. But the, le- the, more I, the less I do it and the more I rest in God, the more I recognize it as it's not comfortable. You know, being there isn't comfortable anymore and I don't want to be there. I don't want to stay there. So, you know, it's also learning like, what it means to give ourselves grace and love ourselves the way that God loves us to say, I'm not going to beat myself up. I know that I wasn't resting or I was striving too much, but recognize it, move on, start just to spend time this resting God again, you know, not beat ourselves up for that. So I think that's important too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming that you uh, run into a lot of people that, I don't know, deal with a lot of brokenness similar to like spots that you had been in before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you say to, like, someone who is in that performance mentality? I'm mean, just kind of, like, stuck in that rut. I don't know. I think a lot of times, um, 
we as Christians want to focus on what people are struggling with instead of who they are now. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can actually keep people down sometimes by saying, okay, let's let's take what you're struggling with and just like let's work on that, which is important because God doesn't want us to stay stuck. But I think there's so much power in calling people out of that and saying, but you do you know what God thinks about you? Do you know how God sees you? Do you know who you are now because you're a new creation? And I don't know if we do that often enough, you know, do I? So I think for that, just in general, I find that God, anything that I'm going through or that I feel like God has released me from, he then starts bringing people in my life that are are going through the same thing that I, I was, I'm now free from. And because he does that, you know, he wants to take our mess and use it if we let him. And so he'll bring people that, you know, have, are going through the same thing that you're now released from and can speak into their life. But I think a lot of it, I found that it's, I don't even know how to put it in words, but it's more beneficial, you know, just to tell someone like, you don't have to, like, you don't have to strive. This is who you are now. This is how God sees you right now. And this is how much you're loved and just resting in that. Um, One of my favorite verses is, I don't even know, I don't even know the reference for it, but it's be still and know that I'm God. But a lot of translations say cease striving and know that I am God. You know, like just stop trying so hard and just know that I'm God. Know who I am and rest in that. And um, But I think it's one of those things that you can say over and over again to someone, but it has to click for them. And so a lot of it is modeling that. You know, like am I bringing, am I someone who people look at and see someone who's peaceful and content no matter what's going on in my life like no matter what circumstances I'm dealing with or hardships I'm dealing with do I still have peace and hope and trust that God's going to come through for me because he's never failed me and he's not going to start now you know and so a lot of it I go back to it's really important to speak life into people and to call them out into their new identity and their new nature but am I exemplifying that because I can say things with words but if I'm still seeming like I'm anxious about something and I'm still trying too hard, then no one's going to take what I say. So I think I'm learning, you know, what it truly means to model, what it means to walk out our new identity, you know, Mm. the fact that we don't have to do these, we don't have to try so hard because God already accomplished everything. We're already victors. So are we, is our perspective from the stance of we're already victorious or is it from we need to get there to victory because we don't need to get there. We're already there we just need to look at our situations as it's already we're already going to it's going to be victorious because we already are victorious because God already accomplished everything for us but our, uh, we, we recorded a podcast the other day with uh, a lady from that we used to go to church with who's very much like the church mom type but like the way that she interacts with people like she'll straight up be the first person to just be like you're being a complete idiot you know yeah but like one thing that was really cool, she said, like any time that I like rep- reprimand, you know, anybody for any anything, it's always followed by a hug. Mm-hmm. She was just like, because that's the thing. Like if someone is, you know, quote unquote, like not performing uh, up to a certain standard, I'm not going to look at you any less or like love you any less. You know, she was just like, I don't know, like, more than anything, like. I want people to know that they're loved, you know, even when they're being complete fools, you know, um, and just, yeah, when we can actually exemplify that, I think that's kind of a thing that cuts to the heart of the issue. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know that you're loved in, in your mess, but I think it's also important to, you know, 
to call people out of that because God doesn't want us to stay there either because he has so much more for us. And so to be able to speak the truth in such a grace, gracious, kind way, like, like God does, he's so gentle with us, you know, he doesn't just slap us over the head and say, you messed up, you're awful. He says, let's go here now, you know, like I see what you're going to become and I'm going to call you there and gently walks us through that struggle of now you can release it. But yeah, one of our friends was uh, wording it like calling up instead of calling yeah. out. You know, it yeah. makes all yeah. the difference. It does. It's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. So, Brittany, um, I was curious, like with the organizations that you work with in the city and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, like are you are you employed by the church? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you guys only work with Christian ministries or how does that work? No. Um I mean, we're really involved with the school district. So Spencer's on the school board. He's our pastor. So that's a huge area of heart for our church, specifically just because we feel like if we can get to the children and love them well, they're the ones that are going to grow up and change the society, you know, change the culture. Um, And, you know, the the community center we're pretty involved with. So there's really no stipulations. I mean, we don't want to obviously get involved in organizations that um, would compromise our biblical views. Um, so that's probably the only stipulation. But And that's not, you know, something that we would know until we got to know an organization. But we're all about, like, I'm all about relationship building and long-term relationship building. So, you know, I'm more for, if we're going to do service, missions work, how are we doing it in a way that, you know, it's consistent and we're building relationships and there's follow through along the way. We're not just doing like a one and done, which are good too. But to me, that's not, that's just masking problems for a time or just helping solve maybe a minor thing. But how are we getting really in there into the nitty gritty in the mess of of the city and people's lives and walking with them through the long term? And so, I mean, there's a lot of organizations that are already doing awesome things like the American rescue workers, you know, I mean, they are Christian, but they're not like outright necessarily. Everyone looks at the American rescue workers and thinks Christian, they think shelter, you know, um, which I like, you know, we work with the community center who's not Christian, but their executive director is a Christian, you know? Um, so God, God places people in these positions, which I'm finding really neat as I get to know more and more of the organizations in the city, but you know, they're not necessarily directly Christian. So I don't really like, we do work with ministries, but we also don't, I mean, we're throwing a block party in um, April and it's in conjunction. I've planned it with a local restaurant who's across the street from us and a winery who's also across the street from us. So that's kind of been a neat relationship that has formed because we moved into our new building and we've just kind of made some business relationships on our street. And so things you wouldn't think of like, a church combining with a winery yeah. and a restaurant who was going to sell alcohol at the block party to, you know, throw this block party so we can get the neighborhood out. So, like, it really, it's all about that, you know, relationships. And if we're not putting ourselves in the midst of culture with, you know, not compromising, like, I'm not for a social gospel where we, where we compromise all our views just to appease people. And I'm not okay with that. Right. Um, but if we're not getting out there in the community and interacting with everybody, no matter you know, what they believe, then we're not being the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, I can't, if I stay inside my walls. So yeah, we're not really like, we'll work with anybody. And, you know, unless it's 
blatantly saying we'll be promoting like something that we're just against, um, if that makes sense. But we're not promoting like what we're against. That's not, you know, we're not the kind of Christians, the kind of church that's like very outright about these are the things that we're against. We, you know, I'd rather be more about the things that we're about and people know what we're about. Um, And we're about community and reconciliation and restoration and building those bridges between people in the city, between people of power and not power, between um, races, between people of different faiths, just building those bridges so that we can have dialogue, um, so that we can actually go and be the people that God wants us to be for them. So whatever way that looks, God knows. So That's cool to like come together with different organizations like that. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people are fearful of, yeah. you know, like even being conveyed as like, compromising or is that ever like a challenge um or is it just kind of like you know where your standards are and you know I don't ever find it to be that challenging you know like they're at least for me personally I just feel like I'm just gonna you know be who I am and be who God wants me to be and if there's something that comes up I trust that God will let me handle it with grace and we'll figure it out um but I don't I've never really felt that people have like, I don't know. It's funny because I think we we set up in our minds this fear of like, oh my gosh, someone's going to judge us or think differently of us because we are for this or we're against this or this is our our viewpoint or we're standing to these, we're holding to these standards that we feel are biblical. You know what? No one actually really cares. They respect that. I have found more than more often than not, um, and I think maybe it comes with just a level of having just choosing to be confident in it and not really worry that more than often than not, people might not agree with me, but they respect me for my views and it opens up dialogue. And mm-hmm. so um, I'm okay with that. Like, it, you know, I have a lot of friends of many different viewpoints who know where I stand on things and it's okay. Like, it's not a big deal. So um, I think we just kind of, we work it up in our heads so much that we get so afraid that people aren't going to receive us well, but it's really it's up to them how they receive and it's just up to us how we portray and if we're portraying in grace and love then i believe god's spirit goes before us and you know is going to show up for us and so hmm? and if it's coming from like a genuine heart you know like yeah. sincerity yeah. you know like exactly. uh i don't know people pick up on that yeah yeah and just yeah. when you love someone sincerely mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. because you care about them not because there's someone on your agenda exactly or like, um, not trying to be a comfort or trying to be, you know, something, but just genuinely caring about people, you know, like yeah. that's something that people notice. You know, when you're real and when you're not real, you know, mm-hmm. or if you're just doing it for the show or for the name of being Christian, they know they can, t- they can read right through you. But if you, yeah, like you said, you know, if it's, if you've had an authentic encounter with God, everyone's going to know about that. There's yeah. no way you can't know because it's all over you. Like, I don't know, and I think that's that's what it means to truly be, to go out and be Jesus to this world, is we need to have an encounter with God and with Jesus so that we can go and bring that to the world so it's tangible, so they see that. They know immediately there's something different when that person walks in, you know. They, they, they carry their, themselves in a completely different way than other people do. I think it's kind of cool how, like, you know, light doesn't fight for its place. Like, if you walk into yeah. a dark room, you just turn the light on. It doesn't fight the right. darkness. It just simply shows up, and yes. the darkness flees. And uh, it really kind of speaks about, like, you know, First John, 
where he talks mm-hmm. about, you know, greater is he who is in us and he who's in the world. Yeah. And uh, that passage has helped me a lot, like in areas where I felt like, you know, maybe I'm not going to be influential enough to turn this crowd. Like, because I'll go to like shows and stuff where a lot mm-hmm. of the bands are not necessarily pro Jesus. And then a lot of them aren't necessarily against Jesus. But like it's an environment where, you know, Christians aren't necessarily, <laughs> I guess, welcomed. <laughs> <laughs> but like being in situations like that, like I don't go into it like fearful, whereas before I would have like, you know, right. now it was like, you know, Jesus loves them, too. And I'm able to just see them as people because mm, I'm no different than they are. Mm-hmm. A few years back, I went with a nonprofit to work tour just for like a week. And mm-hmm. um, we ran the booth there, um, helped a guy that was uh, running the booth for the whole tour. And um we had a lot of people like from back home just like be like you're going into a rough spot you know like it's gonna be you know we're gonna be praying for you that you'll be able to you know like fight against the darkness type thing <laughs> um it was like we appreciate like the prayers but what, what it comes down to is there are a lot of hurting people there that you know like we've experienced real healing from jesus you know we're not like going against them as like you guys believe different and like we want to like force this on you it was just being very genuine just like uh it was with a nonprofit that was uh all about like providing support system for people dealing with depression and suicide um but like more than more than anything it was like we want to hear your story and we want to like actually engage with you and by the way like all of us have experienced uh you know like healing that only comes from christ you know and if you're not cool with that we can still talk we can still hang um if you want to talk more about that, that's awesome, you know. So, yeah. a lot of people uh, hung out at the booth for like hours at a time, shared their stories, and um, saw God do a lot of really cool things through it. But it was just, yeah, there's never a mindset of like, all right, we gotta like toughen up and like go at this, you know. It was just like we're people that you just have you know, to figure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're people that that still deal with hurt, but like that, you know, we're in very dark places that God pulled us out of. And yep. we're going to talk with people that are in those dark places, you know? Yeah. And I think there's this, like, stigma sometimes I find among Christianity that, like, things are so bad or it's so dark, you know? Yeah. You have to avoid that or you can't go there. And it's like, if we're not going there, then we're not we're not doing what God asked us to do. You know, if, we have, if I have God in me, I should not even be afraid to go there, right. you know? Like, I need to bring that to them and we give the enemy way too much credit you know like yeah, yeah. he's like this tiny little dog and we're you know we have christ we're lions you know like we give him so much credit so i i just yeah i agree with that i just think there's this sometimes this fear of darkness it's like well why wouldn't you go bring light like you were saying to the dark mm. we're a little light so let's go out and do it mm. but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like really easy to to focus on the darkness, you know, like when there is, quote yeah. unquote, so much, you know. But um, I don't know, like, I see see God like move through so many different people's lives from so many different backgrounds, and um, I think the the tough thing is like a lot of us just like get really beaten down or really discouraged, and like there's also uh, all the time, you know, people just kind of giving up on their walks and turning away so it's like there's both you know but just uh just recognizing that god's still just as much at work when 
people are making horrible choices. You know, like that's not a, f- a reflection of who God is. You know, right. that's just a that's just evidence that we need Him more for one. And mm-hmm. like, yeah. if 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 His people are making stupid decisions, that doesn't mean that doesn't like invalidate the work that He did. You know, yeah. if anything, it's it like breaks my heart to see people mm-hmm. like turn a hand towards the work that He's done. But yeah, it's not something to be defeated about and that was something that i was defeated about for a very long time until i had a friend call me out very plainly (laughs) and just said you seem to be very affected personally by like people's choices you know what they do as far as like rejecting god and just like yeah that's that's totally the wrong focus thing (laughs) (laughs) we all get there you know like how many times in my life have i i've walked around acting defeated like yeah what was me, you know, like playing the victim or, you know, and that happens when you're really hurt, but we're not that anymore, you know, and we don't have to walk around defeated. And I think that's the whole beauty of the freedom in Christ. Like we're not, we're free to not be defeated, you know, because we're very victorious now. We're free to not, we're just free to not have to like live where we lived in those emotional states of bondage, you know, not to live there anymore because God already, God took that from us, you know. We'll we'll, we'll wrap things up. Well, thanks a ton for uh, for sitting down with us and just for I don't know living out loving people. You know, it's it's cool to just I I see that very evidently from a distance. You know, it's just a genuine heart of caring about people, and that's really cool. Sure, means a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, you guys are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Cool. All right, thanks All right. a ton. All right, talk soon. You. Later. All right, so that was Brittany Tash. She's rad, man. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed that. Um, finding rest in knowing that God loves us, not based on our performance. And that's something that obviously we've talked about before um, and had other guests, you know, like overcome that very prevalent misunderstanding of God, but it just seems like a very common one. Yeah. Really rad. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to subscribe through iTunes or Feedly or any other podcast service, that'd be great. And um, as always, if you want to help us out, you can click the little support tab on letgoddie.com. That would help us out a ton and help us to keep this thing going. So appreciate it. And until next time, guys.